Grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As Dr. Burson introduced me, you may have the, the dates. I was ordained in 2004 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I was associate pastor there for about a year and two months when Katrina hit. I have 10 years of history. I was a second career pastor with Hyatt Hotels. So when volunteers started coming down, they thought that would be clever if they could take this hotel guy who's ordained and make him a volunteer coordinator and bring up some volunteer camps. We had six at one time around the lake Pontchartrain, which is above New Orleans. And we now have two, one's in uh, New Orleans East, we call it Camp Restore. The other's in Biloxi, we call it Camp Biloxi. When a disaster hits, and this one was big, August 29, 2005, followed by Rita, the two storms devastated over 90,000 square miles of our country. That's roughly the size of Minnesota. When disasters come, the first thing that happens is your disaster relief agencies, Red Cross, the, the Baptist feeding crews come down, and we get this subpopulation called disaster junkies. They get their thrills by being the first people at the scene of a disaster. And there's a subset of disaster junkies, and they've got this strange theology. It goes like this, God hates sinners. In our particular case, they wore placards that said, God has punished New Orleans. They even passed out bottles of water that said, repent, the end is near. Our text is Amos, tail end of the third chapter, and the beginning of the fourth. Amos was a prophet from Tekoa, who was to prophesy God's judgment on the people of Israel to the northern kingdom. He would say to them, house of Jacob, this is what's going to look like on the last day for Israel. Those high places at Bethel, they're coming down. The altars, and note that there's more than one, they're coming down. The horns on the altar, which we remember is the last place of refuge, they're coming down. Your summer houses, they're coming down. Your winter houses, they're coming down. They're adorned with ivory, they're coming down. Your mansions will be demolished. These folks were living in opulence. It was a wealthy time for both the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom. God spoke through Amos to declare his judgment upon his people, to call them into account, and to tell them what was going to happen. And when we get into chapter 4, Dr. Lessing, thank you. This is called satirical prophecy or 
prophetic satire, I think they're the same. The dynamic equivalent would be something like this. You big fat cows! You're sitting around in your fancy houses while poor people are living in squalor. You're not their solution, they're, you're their problem. You're going to be drug off by your nose with a fish hook to a country far away. It won't look like Samaria. God tells us in Amos 3, 7 and 8, that surely a city will not be destroyed that I do not cause. But surely my prophets will be given my plan. I should probably read that. My paraphrase wasn't very good. When disaster comes to a city, has not the Lord caused it? Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plans to his servants, the prophet. God's MO is to proclaim judgment through his prophets, tell you what's going to happen. He does it, and then if there's a remnant left, he tells them he did it. He tells you he's, he tells you he's going to do it. He does it, and then he tells you he did it. Now let's go back to New Orleans. Does our disaster fit God's M.O.? Was God wreaking his punishment on New Orleans? I've heard it plenty of times. What do you think? Did you hear any prophecy before it happened? Were there specific sins that were outlined that New Orleans was to be punished for? And if these disaster junkies that came were God's prophets to tell us what happened, I fear for us. We know our God Our God would have pretty good aim. And if he was going to destroy New Orleans and the sin in New Orleans, would he leave Bourbon Street intact? In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various places. But in these last days, he speaks to us through his son. And if we look at what happened in New Orleans and Biloxi, from Alabama to Texas, through that filter. 
Now let's talk about what God was doing with Katrina. He was testing his people, making them stronger, creating an opportunity for his body to be merciful themselves, providing us with an opportunity for ministry to share the saving hope that we have in Jesus Christ. I want to tell you about a lady named Sandy. She lives not too far from our camp. She'd lived in New Orleans 22 years. She had evacuated from her home, same home, 11 times in 22 years. Every time she would come back after the storm had passed, back to her home, cleaned up the yard, and went back at her, back into her ways. Her husband and she ran a rental company in New Orleans. They were fairly successful, had a nice house. On the 11th time, they couldn't come back for five weeks. Their house had about eight foot of water in it, and it set in 90 degree weather, or plus 98 degree, uh, percent uh, humidity, plus. If, if, how many of you been down to help out? Any of you been in those houses with, you know what I'm talking about, they're just coated with mold, all different colors, all different shapes, all disgusting, and a smell that's unbelievable. She and her husband tried to clean out the house by themselves. Their insurance company brought in a trailer. They lived in the trailer. They were robbed at gunpoint in the trailer. They tried and tried, but they ran out of energy and they were about to give up. And they had a son that works across the street from our camp at the Dash Lumber, and he'd walk across the driveway or the parking lot, and he finally said to his mom, you know, Mom, these Lutheran folks, they, uh, they could help you. Why don't you go talk to them? And she got on our list, and we started sending volunteers. Sometimes we just send high school girls. She's got a bunch of dogs, and she, they'd play with the dogs. One time they bathed the dogs. She said, I was raised in the church, but we were so far from the church so far from God. And she goes, those girls, those volunteers, they brought prayer back into our lives. Every time they come, they got to pray. And they were surrounded by prayer and Christian friends and people helping them day in, day out. Sandy said, I know what was happening now. God was preparing us for my husband to die. He died of a heart attack, age 58. She's back in her home now. She was very mad at God. She said, I was mad at God because he took away my husband. He took away my home. He took away my life. She said, one day it occurred to me, he didn't take it away. He changed it. Does this fit God's MO? Telling you what he's going to do, doing it, and telling you he did it? Romans 8, 28. 
In all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And that comes to its full fruition in his son, Jesus Christ, whom he raised from the dead, that house of David that you'll read about in Amos chapter 9. The first resurrection from the dead, the first fruit, which signals our eventual resurrection. The hope that we have because of Jesus Christ for what he did for us is definitely God's MO, modus operandi. I just have a quick story to wrap up. There's a in uh, there's a there's a place in New Orleans. It's it's actually east of the Ninth Ward, uh, going on into Chalmette. It's called Araby. In uh, 2006, in spring break, I'd sent a volunteer group of college kids to clean out a house on Benjamin Street, and I was out looking for them, and. Benjamin Street has a canal that cuts through it, so you can't, it's not a through street. So I'm looking and looking, and I pull up alongside of a guy in a pickup, kind of a rough looking character. I said, sir, I'm looking for a group of Lutherans who are cleaning out a house. Have you seen anybody like that? He goes, sir, we shoot looters here. Lutherans are a little more sparse in Louisiana, Mississippi than they are in Missouri, for sure. But we're becoming more well-known. They know us in Biloxi. In St. Tammany, they say you can't go anywhere without tripping over a Lutheran. And Kyle and Ellie were down in the mid-city. A lot of new kids know what Lutherans are now. They had 80 kids in a vacation Bible school for four weeks. They know that Lutherans are those people who have the hope of Jesus Christ. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus now and forever. Amen.